Welcome back to Not Another Nuts Podcast with your host, Ajay and Harp, brought to you by Loudmouth Brewing. For the best beers and burgers in town, visit Loudmouth Brewing in Abbotsford. Today, joining us, we have our first guest, Joel Orsted, someone who is very connected to the podcasting and hockey world. How's it going, Joel? Good, good. How are you boys doing? Good, man. Thank you for joining us today. So a lot has happened in the last week with the Canucks, but we'll start with the most recent news. COVID has canceled practice today, and we don't really know the ramifications it can have moving forward. What are your kind of thoughts on what's happened recently? Uh, Jay, you want to take this one first, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I'll jump in first on this one. So when news first kind of came out, I was a bit surprised because I think everyone, as they were reacting to the news, I think they were thinking that a player might have gotten COVID or um, whatnot. But then as the hours went by, it kind of came out that, oh, this is through like a secondary contact where it's like a potential wife or friend or something like that. So I think people were able to kind of calm down a little bit more. And then when we started to find out that practice was scheduled for tomorrow, I think people were able to breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. But I know for me, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, man. Like, this is going to push back the start date. This could potentially be really bad depending on who got it. What were your thoughts, Joel? Yeah, I think the same thing, right, man? Like I was I was looking through Twitter, everything, and, and I was so scared at first. I was like, oh, this is going to screw everything up. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so excited looking so forward to, to Wednesday. But then I saw, uh, especially once they announced the practice tomorrow, there was the sense of relief. Yeah. And also I saw a tweet that I think it was Thomas Trans put out. Don't quote me on that. But it was uh, it was very comforting, I think. And it said, this is what we expected. You know, not everything is going to be catastrophic. There's going to be cases here and there throughout the season. It's going to happen just naturally. It's happened in the NFL. It's happened, you know, in the NBA, but it's how the teams deal with it. And I think, you know, the Canucks obviously made the right decision. I think it was precautionary, right? Like you said, uh, with the second or third party contact tracing. So yeah, it was uh, scary though. You guys make some good points. And uh, personally for me, I I thought that... I was actually kind of scared because it took forever just to convince Bonnie Henry to allow this to even happen in Vancouver. Even though uh, BC was one of the first places that did say, yeah, okay, cool. But it took apparently a lot of convincing from the NHL and the Canucks management staff and ownership just to show that, look, we're going to have these implementations in place to be safe. But the thing is, before the season can even start, literally three days before the season starts, this hits us. And it's kind of like at any moment, the medical governing staff of BC could just be like, all right, you know what we take it back we don't want this to happen we don't want to take responsibility for any lives being at risk and especially in, in a sporting environment it's so easy for transmissions to happen and if people take that home who knows how far that can spread right so that is a bit of a fear of mine joel you make a good point they did announce that tomorrow at 11 p.m <laughs> p.m at 11 a.m they got <laughs> practice going with that that shows me that it seems like it wasn't that big of a deal mm-hmm. yeah no for sure i think if it was a big deal or if, if someone did actually test positive um i think they would have postponed it for a few days but do any of you guys know what would happen in a case where if like a player were to test positive obviously they wouldn't be able to play but do you know what happens with the rest of the team like would those games be postponed or like do you know what the protocol is moving forward any um, of you guys i think from i mean just going off of what's happening in what was it dallas right yeah. with, with the amount of positive tests that they're getting apparently it seems like yeah they're gonna postpone the season and they move the start date back and they're gonna you know they might not even play certain games yeah do, do we know if if they do postpone like even games throughout the season are they just going to be a couple days or is the nhl like said oh we're going to put that on to the end of the season sort of thing do we know that's the thing yeah i don't know but like with the nfl so when they were like having their positive test they would just push the games back but looking at the schedule there's basically a game every day for the next three months yeah man. right so like there's not a lot of wiggle room to move a game or post 
postpone it unless they start doing like double headers playing two games in one day i don't know yeah but i would be curious to see what the protocol is for uh, postponing games well didn't the nba do something where they scheduled half the season and there is a bit of a like period where any games that were canceled they're going to play those games out uh, and then they're going to start the second half of the season didn't nba do something like that i don't know but that okay. would make a lot of sense yeah, yeah that's smart the, the double yeah. header thing would be i mean that's like a fan's dream yeah. um, <laughs> but players nightmare you know yeah that's crazy that would be that'd be sick though yeah that'd be like baseball almost can you guys yeah. imagine if it came out that like for tannin was the one who was tested <laughs> positive because don't he was partying start. or something <laughs> don't even start he's at the roxy <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy gets so much flack i actually yeah, yeah oh the the guy the poor guy Abbotsford boy yeah i mean we are very supportive of him uh, but also very critical of his you know decisions and, and just kind of you know we are kind of tough on this podcast i'm not gonna lie but the thing is this when you show up out of shape three camps in a row you're kind of asking for it right this is a dream for our athletes and to show up out of shape when that's kind of your job that's, <laughs> that's kind of i don't know it's easy to it's easy to harp on the guy but that being said if it is a situation where he was part and came back and got everyone else imagine you got Pedersen or someone like Hughes oh. infected oh my god like he would be oh Twitter is gonna be on fire so it's gonna be interesting to see what information leaks out I don't think they're gonna let much out it seems to be pretty like, no. yeah yeah it's all it's all confidentiality I mean you know I work in healthcare right now and yeah. even even there we, we've had uh, at my seniors home I work at we've had positive cases and uh, the confidentiality with staff members is actually really amazing how, how well they've kept it yeah so so I I doubt we hear much. No, but. I I agree. All right, well, you know what? Outside of that, everyone is really excited about the season starting up. A big question mark though <laughs> is who's going to be on whose line, how the lineups can look like. We have so many people in camp right now, but the big thing is it seems like Green already has a system in place and he kind of has an idea of how he wants the lineup to look like, and that's been kind of evident just with the scrimmages and just with the practices and everything that we're hearing from Twitter. A lot of the lineups do seem to be similar, but one of the biggest things that we're seeing and something that everyone is really excited for is Hoglander being on the top six on Bo's line. We'll start with Ajay. Ajay, what are your thoughts kind of with that situation? I was surprised, but also very happy seeing Greener put Hoglander on the top six role. Given his track record, he's always kind of shunned away from allowing the prospects to kind of play in the top six. He kind of wants them to like earn their minutes, earn his trust. But the fact that he gave him that spot next to Bo was a big surprise, especially on like next to where everyone was kind of going wild. So I was very happy by that and kind of seeing his performance in the scrimmage and the practices I think he definitely belongs up there yeah. he's very confident with the puck um, oh, yeah. confident with himself his defensive game will need some work but I think that's the benefit of him playing next to Bo mm-hmm. you know um, I think he'll be able to kind of do his thing and I think Bo will be able to kind of take care of the defensive end of things but I'm super excited to see him up there yeah yeah um, I, I was just I was just looking it up and he's been the only player coming into camp who who's had playing time obviously right being in the SHL um, and he had 14 14- points uh in 23 games played so yeah we, wow. we obviously know his offensive upside and i think as, as canucks fans and whatnot we we kind of have a tendency to overhype our prospects oh yeah um, I, I know <laughs> you, you guys have mentioned this on the podcast before too but hoglander it feels different you know i still think gaunt is gonna be a, a calder you know <laughs> oh my gosh 2012 Gons. what a draft <laughs> remember when, when when people lost their minds when we 
Disney um, didn't um, give uh, Frankie Corrado a spot. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Jensen. Yeah. He became I mean, well, a defenseman. <laughs> okay, do, oh, you guys, do you guys remember, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. It was the Willie Desjardins years, I think. Oh, Lyndon V? No, no, no. no. Oh. Mike Santarelli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember Mike Santarelli? <laughs> okay, funny story, quick. But I don't want to get too sidetracked, but <clears throat> my dad was re- retiring from his, his job uh, for years and years. He worked there and uh, they asked me like, oh, what, who's your dad's favorite Canuck player? We want to get him a Vancouver Millionaires jersey from that year that they they had that uh, yeah. jersey out. And who's his favorite player? I should have gone with somebody, you know, the Sidians or Luongo <laughs> or somebody who like a fan favorite. But I was like, you know, he really likes Mike Santarelli right now. <laughs> Ugh, that age so poorly. It's such a sick oh, jersey, but it has Mike Santarelli on the back. That uh, is awesome. That's like Ajay's Bernier story. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so getting back to Hoglander, you know, you guys pretty much summed it up. It is exciting to see what he is bringing on the top six, especially with Bo. Joel, you made a good point where being with Bo, he, Bo will take kind of that defensive pressure off of Hoglander that kind of frees up Hoglander to do the creative offensive plays that he is known to do. But I mentioned this on my recent article, my blog article about Hoglander. When he does play, he is very hard on the puck. You know, when on his defensive side, yeah, he might not get to where he needs to be right on time. But his forecheck is pretty intense. He's very tenacious on the forecheck. And just through the scrimmages, like you could see him, he was on top of Myers. You know, Myers has like maybe three feet on this guy, right? And he was able to get the puck away from Myers and p- apply pressure. And he did the same thing with Pedersen, right? And his ability to kind of backtrack is pretty good too. He's a pretty good skater. But just, I know that's not the thing that we're most excited about. His offense mm-hmm. that he brings, his highlight real goals, it kind of does bring you back to when Pedersen and Besser first arrived. I'm not saying he's going to reach that kind of level of success, especially early on in his first year. But at the same time, you see him, even the scrimmage, being in the right place at the right time, setting up these cross-ice plays through people, you know, setting up on Bo Horvat with these one-timers and scoring goals himself in the offensive zone at least and especially in the neutral zone in their transition up which is so so important in the modern NHL he's always in the right area and his hockey IQ I feel is out of this world but for you guys what is one thing that stood out to you most about this guy? Joel I'll let you go first on this one yeah yeah so so I watched that entire scrimmage yesterday which was a mistake on my end to be honest (laughs) terrible I mean let's not rip on the guys but like anyways that was like a uh, yeah. goalie's uh, <laughs> dream that game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, he looked he looked like he fit, which yeah. is something that I I loved. You didn't notice him too too much. Yeah, but you didn't notice him for bad reasons, which was awesome to see. And just his skill and like you said, his tenacity on the puck. If he could, you know, have the speed of you know, let's say Jake Rutanen and the tenacity of like Modder or Big Mac, there, like he's a special player, and I'm really really looking forward to seeing him in the lineup hopefully come Wednesday yeah well, for sure um, for me I think I think the biggest thing that the prospects kind of have a tough time with adjusting into in terms of the like NHL speed is being able to make plays in like real time and from what I've seen just kind of like the quick highlight he's he's definitely seeing the game at a slower pace which is a positive thing you know like he's not trying to make that quick pass or the quick play and just as soon as he gets a puck he just you know quickly passes it off to Bo or, or Pearson he's taking his time with it trying to set up plays carry the puck and you don't usually see that in like a rookie um so i think that for me gives me promise that he might be able to kind of stick around and kind of be able to be productive but the one thing that scares me especially for this year given the condensed schedule is like i know for these prospects especially those that come from europe playing a lot of games is something new for them and playing these many games in 
such a short amount of time. Like I remember when Pedersen came over, I think by January or February, you definitely saw a dip in his play. Yeah, where, he was gassed. Uh, he, was he was gassed, gassed exactly. So that's the only thing that I'm kind of worried about. And given our depth in terms of the top six, I don't know who we would have that would be able to step up if he is productive. But then if he starts to dip like halfway through the season, like I'm not sure who we would have that would be able to kind of step up. And- Easy. You bring in Louis Erickson. <laughs> <laughs> not, even a, not even a question. Yeah. Well, it seems like Louis Erickson is the person that is subbing in in Hoglander's spot here and there. I know that is getting a lot of Canucks or Twitter fans pretty upset. <laughs> but to be honest, I kind of get why Green is doing this. It seems like Green is approaching the second line as kind of like a two-pronged attack type system where Hoglander is going to be the offensive guy, right? And and that allows the top six to kind of, and the second line to bring that offensive game. But when they're facing a team that has extremely high firepower, like say, I don't know, Toronto, right? I think Toronto is the only one, or maybe, hmm, I think Edmonton, but Edmonton is not really a deep team. Toronto is a pretty deep team this year, right? Yeah. Um, you, I could see why he would put Louis Erickson in for Horvat's line just to keep that as a shutdown role. Does that mean Hoglander is going to get benched? Maybe, you know, Ajay brings up a good point. Petey definitely looked gassed in the first season, right? Even the second season, I'd say that there was a slight dip in the f- last few months. But that being said, Petey came in pretty small, right? And he seemed kind of like in a kid's body as he does kind of get bigger now. And I know he was pretty mad at Ben Kuzma for asking him that question recently, <laughs> right? <laughs> but Hoglander already now in his first year up, he's like, what, 5'9"? He's already over 180 pounds. Petey, when he came in, was 160 pounds, right? So mm-hmm. Hoglander, he is like a little fire hydrant. He's a bit of a bull, a little bit of a tank. And that's why he is so so successful along the boards. One thing about him that I really like that stands out to me is that he, dude, he's been playing with adults since he was 17 years old, 16 and a half to 17 years old in the SHL, wow. right? So he definitely can be a little bit more, uh, how you say, can last a little longer with the stamina and just uh, have a little bit more in the tank than Pedersen, especially yeah. in his first year. But like you guys said, with such a condensed schedule in in very short period of time, I, I would definitely not be too hard on him. I'm not going to expect him to have the accolades that Bo and Petey had, but I, I honestly, I would love if he did become a Calder candidate, but there's so many good rookies coming in this year. Yeah, yeah. I think I was looking at NHL.com's uh, ranking of top 10 or whatever uh, Calder candidates and Paul Gladner wasn't on there. And I, and I was thinking to myself, oh, did he get snubbed? <laughs> but then, you know, realistically, there are so many good prospects. Um, yeah. and, and when it comes to, again, Canucks Twitter and Canucks fan base, we <laughs> definitely cannot be too hard on this guy because Absolutely. keep in mind, he he's a young young man and, and he's coming into the NHL and oh, yeah. you just, you can't put too high of an expectation on his head, right? Absolutely. But, I hope we don't do to him what we did to Vert. But I hope hope he doesn't come into camp out of shape you <laughs> so yeah you know our top line we still have pd Bo, and miller right the lotto line they seem to be untouched in the scrimmages they were just dominating whenever they're out there but one thing i love to see was um just having schmidt or hughes out there with them it just oh it's, it's such an amazing amazing package to see and, and their flow and their chemistry but one person that's been standing out much more than last year and i think it's to do with just being healthy in the offseason not really doing rehab is Bo. What are your guys' thoughts been on what's the information that's been coming out about Bo? I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot in terms of new information. I think he was always, like, in terms of being in that shape, he's always just been really solid for me. But, um, uh, like, what did you see that was coming out that was um, talking about how he was coming into the season? Well, I know last year he was rehabbing a major injury, right? I think it was... Are, uh, are you talking about Levy? No, no, Bo Horvat. Oh, sorry. Oh. Besser. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Major... <laughs> <laughs> Bo, I was like, yeah. what? What did I miss no. last year? Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> no, my, my bad. 
was uh I was looking at the wrong note. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Be- <laughs> Besser. The wrong okay, game. yes, Besser. I can talk about. <laughs> I've been drinking yeah. all day. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was at Loudmouth earlier today. You know, was sitting with the owner talking about a few things. I'm drinking a beer right now, so give me a break. <laughs> you could tell that I was kind of like grasping for straws, and I had to just eventually throw it back to you because I had no idea what. Sure. You're I'll, I'll I'll edit all this out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but no, it, in terms of Besser, yeah, I think he's been kind of like underrated in terms of the way that he's been playing but yeah his speed is definitely looking like his back which is very promising oh, yeah. unfortunately the, with the injury that he did go through last year he definitely was kind of laboring and, and on top of that i think his wrist injury definitely kind of set him back but so far in this short training camp he's looked really good mm. and i'm definitely hoping he's able to get that scoring touch back because if he can get going i think it's a huge huge bonus for the Canucks. yeah with besser i've noticed uh his foot speed has mm. increased and you're right like definitely having a full off well yeah more than a full off season really to do it Mm -hmm. um to you know power skate get the stride up to par again he looks really really good out there and especially you know his wrist injury and his his shot power i think he's kind of he's obviously still working on that but he's also been working on his two-way game a lot and he you know it's going to be nice when you know the lotto line you have miller who's obviously really good on face-offs defensively uh, and pd who looks like he could potentially win a selkie in the next five six years years right good point um and then add besser in there and you know how are you going to score on these guys if yeah. they're going to put up goals on you and you're not going to be able to score on them so yeah he, he looks really good uh, in my opinion yeah no uh, even in both uh or the scrimmages scrimmage that i saw and then the one that i heard and also just from jeff patterson trancer and all the other guys like dolly wall what's his name farhan Lodgy. yeah farhan Lodgy. thanks um he also mentioned how just the quickness of Bo, or sorry besser <laughs> the quickness, <laughs> The quickness of Besser, I gotta start drinking. <laughs> the quickness of Besser, uh, he is, he does look like he gained a step this year. And this is something that we talked about in the last episode where we compared Bo's skating to Besser skating yeah, and how Bo really picked up his skating from when he's drafted to when he started playing. The big thing with um, Besser that I really like to see is this, that seeing him healthy coming into camp, he just looks stronger, right? He actually looks like he's dictating the play out there rather than following uh, and also chasing the play, which is something that we saw a lot last year. And yeah, just his shot alone it seems to be back when he had a few shots on Demko I believe he was playing against in the last scrimmage he was going top corner and Demko was up to the task but the thing is the shot the release it seemed like something I saw a couple years ago and I was pretty hard on Besser the last episode saying that I feel like he might have hit his ceiling but the thing is he is so young he was injured if he can be healthy who knows what can happen with this guy I am really excited about the top line if they can all stay healthy in a condensed schedule I think the possibilities are really endless agreed and just like before we move on from Besser um, I think one thing that not a lot of people have talked about is I think he's coming into the season with a massive chip on his shoulder like I know his name had been kind of talked about in terms of trade bait for the Canucks in terms of getting rid of certain contracts and people just not really believing in him and just kind of where his ceiling was so I think he has a lot to prove this year and I think he's gonna definitely turn some heads yeah and just to add to that point too Ajay he um, you know his playoff run he had a really good first series against Minnesota and you know I think all Canucks you know everybody was saying he was going to be the difference maker in that series and sure enough he was uh one of the difference makers in that series and then you know he kind of got quiet in the in the st louis series and the vegas series and of course you know that game seven Ugh, yeah. by leonard we don't even have to mention it yeah but i think you know he he takes a lot of flack from yeah media and stuff but also i think he puts a lot of expectations on himself yeah, um, yeah. and i think he wants to be this scoring forward and scoring winger who can you know chip in and make a difference for the team uh so yeah 
yeah, you're right. I think I think he's got a big chip on his shoulder, and we'll see what he can do on that lotto line. Yeah, man. You know, time will tell, but I I think as long as he stays healthy, I think he's gonna be pretty good this year. Moving forward, though, our third line it seems to literally be untouched since practices started to every scrimmage. You've pretty much seen Vertanen with Gardet and Roussel. Roussel is someone that seems like he's really taken a step forward. I know he was injured a lot last year as well. He had a really major injury, but just the plays he's setting up, his speed and and the way he's kind of like getting in people's faces, we didn't see that as much as we wanted to in the playoffs last year. But I know this is only practice right now. Um, but the thing is, even just in practice, he seems like he's taken a step forward. But one person I feel like who has really taken a step forward that everyone is really happy about is Vertanen. What are your kind of thoughts on Vertanen coming to camp this year? Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Um, just before we get to Vertanen, though, Roussel, I've always liked him as a player. Yeah. And I was like listening to him talk uh, and he was saying how he felt like he came back a little bit too early from his injury last year. Yeah. And it kind of set him back. And I, I thought so too. I, he's normally a player that plays with a lot of speed and kind of physical aspect to his game is usually there. But he, especially against Vegas, I think he was doing more with his lips than he was with his kind of the actions. And yeah. I think people were kind of catching on to that, that something just wasn't right. So I was pleasantly surprised seeing how well he was playing in the scrimmages and stuff. And I'm hoping that, you know, he's able to kind of keep it up throughout the season. But speaking about Bertanian, you know what? Like coming into the, the training camp, I wasn't sure what we were going to get. Like I had heard stories of him training in Kelowna and that, you know, he was spending time with Tyler Meyer, Shea mm-hmm. Weber and all that stuff. And that sounds all great, but you just don't know if it'll translate onto the ice. I've been pleasantly surprised, especially given the fact that coming into training camp, there's a lot of hype around Hoglander and people were kind of dismissing Vertanen a little bit. And then when Green kind of gave Hoglander that top six spot, I was a bit nervous that Vertanen was going to take that as a bit of a slight and just not really kind of play well throughout the training camp. But he's kind of held up to his end of the bargain and kind of played well, despite the fact that he never got that top six look that I'm sure he was probably counting on. Mm-hmm. But that third line with Bertan and Gaudet and Roussel, I really like it. I think there's a lot of speed on that line yeah. and they have the potential to, to pot in some goals. So um, I do like that construction. I, the only thing though is with Gaudet in terms of him being able to take face-offs, I don't, I don't fully think he's there as a proper two-way NHL like centerman, but mm-hmm. I think there is room for him to grow into that role. It still might be a bit early for him, but I am anxiously and optimistic in terms of what they'll be able to provide this season. Yeah, yeah. Just to make a point on that, uh, your got at point there, uh, I, I always have seen him more as a winger. Yeah, me too. When, I, when I've been watching games and stuff, but obviously the Canucks want him as their third line center and, the, you know, their third line center of the future. But I, I just, I, I don't know if he's quite there yet. Um, yeah. Don't be surprised if, you know, Greeno does what he did last year and uh, shelters that line a lot, gives him a lot of ozone face-offs and uh, whatnot, neutral zone, less defensive work, give him the best opportunity to pot in a few goals. But yeah, just on Vertan in there, he seems to be in skate. Uh, sorry, not in skate. <laughs> he seems to be in shape. He didn't throw up at the bag skate, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's really good. You made a point, Ajay, that you know he might have been pissed off by Hoglander getting sort of this top six spot right away. Um, but I think for him, that might actually be a good thing. I think yeah. I think he it's good that he's not being talked about as much and he's kind of just coming in under the radar a bit almost mm-hmm. you know you got schmidt coming in the new guy and boltby coming in new guy and um obviously petterson hughes besser Bo, all these guys coming back and you know they're being talked about in hoglander um and vertanen's kind of just you know sliding under the radar for once in his career which i think might be you know something that benefits him and his ego not that you know not that it's a bad ego or anything mm-hmm. but kind of deflate his head a little bit in a sense yeah. so yeah, yeah i think i think it'll be good for him i think he'll have a good season i mean what he put up last year 18 goals 36 points or something like that yeah um, in the shortened season so yeah hoping he can contribute 
offensively. And, you know, boys, I was going to say, I heard rumors that they were going to put him on the PK. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's huge. I, I was uh, reading that as well. And to be honest, he's got a pretty big wingspan. He can definitely um, disrupt some passes, right? He is pretty physical, so he can try boxing some people out, especially in front of the crease. But the biggest thing is, does he have the defensive capabilities? And the biggest thing that he gets knocked on a lot about is, does he have the hockey IQ to that's be big. put in a role, right? Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. What are your kind of thoughts on that? That's for me. I think that's where he kind of lacks. And it's kind of one of those things you can't really cheat. Either you have it or you don't. And I think from what he's showing us, kind of doesn't. Yeah. Um, which is disappointing just kind of given his size and his speed and his shot. But I would like to see him in a PK role just to see what he can bring. But yeah. what you said, Harp, like he needs to have that defensive awareness and playing in the PK. I don't know how he'll do, but I would like to do that just because based off of his size and his speed, he d- would definitely be able to break up pucks and even go on like short-handed chances, right? So yeah, would well, he'd be great on the short-handed yeah. chances. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. He's a very north-south kind of player, right? Yeah. yeah. Up and down, but, you know, obviously that's not going to cut it really necessarily for the PK. You got to have that sense of defense and, you know, stick yeah. checking and shot blocking and getting it out. So we'll see. I'd like to see an experiment of it, but obviously there's not much time in the season. Um, You know, it's starting fast. It's going to end fast. Yeah. The boys need every bit of help they can get and every point that they can get. So I don't know if it's the smartest idea, but it would be something to to be curious about for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, It seems like he's ready to play and he's back in shape. He had one really good play in the offensive zone where he, I think he shot the puck at oh, Rathbone. Right in the midsection. Right in the nuts. Just kind of dangled around him while he's on the floor gripping himself. <laughs> and then he, you know, cut across the side and then tried to cut through the crease and then Sutter was able to, you know, knock in some garbage goal home. But that being said, Bertan does look good when it comes to his hockey IQ. That is a big question mark, right? Just like how you guys said. But just going off of what you guys were saying about Gaudet um, in the center, I absolutely agree. You know, I don't think he is a bonafide center that could get the puck and rally it to Vertanen or Roussel to make those north and south plays. I think he's a great four checker. I think all three of them are become, I think Vertanen is becoming a great four checker. I think the other two, Gaudet and Roussel, are already very good four checkers. Um, they're very, you know, kind of like Hoglander, very tenacious on the person, on the puck. They stick to the person like glue. You know, they disrupt plays. But Gaudet, I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's because of a body size. I'm not sure if it just might be skill. When it comes down to just taking face-offs, being trusted to, uh, you know, make the play, being creative enough with the puck to get people open because the center has so many responsibilities. I would much rather see him on the wing and someone like, you know, the only other option is Sutter, you know. Beagle, I would assume he stays in the fourth line, um, but Sutter is the only other person I could imagine being in the center of uh, of the third line. But yeah, I absolutely agree with what you guys think about Vertanen and Godet and Roussel right now. Speaking about Sutter, he actually looked pretty good. He looks like he's healthy. This is someone that's always injured. He had one goal. He set up a few plays. Him and Beagle look to be doing pretty good. There's probably going to be swapped in and out of the fourth line. Um, I know they're probably worth about 20 million, just both of them alone. Um, <laughs> but what are you guys kind of thoughts on the fourth line of Mott, Sutter, and Beagle? And then you have McEwen subbing in and out. Man, I'd love, I'd love to see, you know, Zach McEwen get a, get a shot on the fourth or third line this year. Oh yeah. It doesn't look 
like it's necessarily going to happen. Um, yeah. You know, he's either going to be in the press box or on the taxi squad here. But yeah, uh, I like the makeup. Obviously, Tyler Mott's a beast. The guy, you know, penalty killing uh, speed. He can, you know, move up and down in the top six if you really need him to. It's a bit of a stretch, but uh, he can. He's pretty versatile that way. Sutter, you know, if the guy can stay healthy, that's his biggest thing, right? Yeah. You know, I, I always loved the uh, the Sutter pickup when it originally happened uh, for Nick Benino there. And uh, I mean, do you guys remember he was on the power play with the Sedins? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the guy was an offensive juggernaut when he first came here. Did um, you like the contract <laughs> extension that they gave him right away? Uh, I, that's the thing. I, I don't think he had done anything yet really yeah. to, to earn it. You know, they Agreed. kind of were just like off potential. Yeah. If you just, right. But the thing is, he did score like close to 20 goals every season consistently before that. And he never missed a game. That's true. <laughs> like, he was healthy consistently yeah. his entire career. And then when he became a Canuck, he just dropped off the map. That's a good point. Canucks curse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Come to Vancouver, fall off the map, Louis Erickson. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Six million dollars gone. Yeah, million dollars oh. every goal the guy gets. Yeah. And, and I mean, Beagle, the, I've loved Jay Beagle. I love the Jay Beagle signing. Um, I think obviously it was a time when, you know, Benning has to give out the term. He has to give out the money because, you know, Vancouver wasn't a destination when they signed him. Yeah. Um, so the contract is always going to be something that is in his way. And I think blinds Canucks fans to his actual play. But I think he brings a lot uh, to the team. He brings a lot in the locker room, it seems. Um, you know, he's he's kind of like, a, you know, almost like a dad to some of the younger guys, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, He's just, you know, great defensively on the PK. Uh, face-offs, I mean, what was he last year in face-offs? Top, top five? Yeah, yeah he was up there. League. And mm-hmm. He had, you know, three Canucks in the top, like, ten. Um, that was awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I think having him, uh, you know, at the wing, which is what he's been pretty much during uh, this this training camp, um, I think you'll see him a lot at center uh, and more setter on the wing. But, yeah, who knows? Uh, I, I like the makeup. I mean, it's no nothing to write home about. It's a yeah. fourth line, but, uh, yeah, it's got potential to to do stuff so some expensive fourth line yes <laughs> very expensive i mean tyler mott that's such a good trade that's one of the you know jim benning's most underrated trades very underrated yeah thomas vanek for tyler mott you know he i think he finished uh top five or something in the hobie baker voting uh in the ncaa uh, his, i think it was his last year there um before he got drafted by chicago so you know the oh. guy has uh offensive ability um and obviously we saw it you know in the, yeah, against st louis against st louis and yeah. yeah, he he brought it. He, he really brought it. So if he can do more of that, uh, yeah, he brings that lineup uh, quite a bit. I was watching uh, TSN's top 25 best goals of the year and Mott was on it. You know, I didn't really? think, yeah, I think it was against Vegas where he dangled a few players and then he went uh, back. I think home. it was St. Louis, wasn't it? Yeah, was St. Louis. It, oh, sorry. Yeah, St. Louis. I think it was on the penalty kill when he dangled the uh, Petriangelo. Yeah. He, broke he, stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, went, uh, he backhanded in and it was, it was a great goal, but it was one of those things where I didn't I never thought that Mott would be on one of those highlight real goal packages right <laughs> on TSN no or Sportsnet did. so but speaking of Mott what happened to this guy last scrimmage like this guy just went out he was a tank I don't know if he was mad or what happened like this guy was just beating everyone up he hit Rafferty really hard on the boards he hit uh, Myers really hard in the midsection and then he kind of gave a slew foot to Power Luck in a kind of awkward play and then he definitely gave Godet a slew foot and almost injured that guy too 
what was your kind of thoughts of what was happening in that scrimmage with this guy? For me, um, it was just careless. Like, I don't, like, I get it if you want to play hard, play physical, you know, like, I have no problem with a player giving someone, like, a rough ride into the boards. Yeah. A sloop foot is something that's, like, you uh, just don't do that. Right? It's like, so whether it's in a game or in practice, you just don't do it. So I completely understand the guy that frustration him wanting to drop the gloves with him because mm-hmm. he could have got really hurt. Um, I had heard some stuff that, you know, they might have some, like, underlying tension. I don't know what it is, but they, like, Mott needs to get over it because that was just dirty. Just not needed. It's just really stupid. Agreed. Yeah, th- those are unexcusable. Yeah. Um, let alone in a game, you know, you shouldn't even do it at all. The opposing team, like, it's dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. And, mm-hmm. you know, you do it to your own teammate, like, accident or not, you got to put yourself in a position where those kind of things can't happen, right? You know, these guys are lots of veteran. You know, the guy's been in the league for a couple of years now, and he should know to put himself in a better position where he can work hard and sure he can still be, you know, like a dog on a bone and he can do Tyler Mott things and, yeah. you know, use his speed and his, and his, you know, hitting and whatever, but not nah, don't slew foot people, man. I mean, yeah. poor Jace Howerluck there. Like, do you guys even have any update on the guy? Like, I haven't even heard anything. I checked Twitter, but nothing, man. Like, you know, he went down pretty hard. He stayed on ice. He had to get helped off with ice. Nothing. Like, I, I asked that on Twitter as well. Like, is there an update on the guy? And I just think with the particular climate that we're in, all medical issues are just hush-hush right now. So nothing. Un- unfit to play. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so um i don't know I-, I also thought it was really dirty i thought it was like a disgusting play to be honest um with godet it was just blatant right like you could actually see him grabbing him from the shoulder um putting his leg underneath him and just pulling him back with howard luck it, it was it was kind of like you know a mashup of play a few players were kind of hitting each other but at the same time it was a little evident once you watch the replay you can see that mott did kind of do it on purpose from what i'm assuming and, and you know like i haven't seen a sweep of the legs like that since last time i watched the ufc right like <laughs> <laughs> like it was pretty bad man and, and just to injure a player and just be kind of like nonchalant about it and then do it again i just think like yo what are you doing man like get your mm-hmm. head out of the gutter right these are your your own teammates if there's underlying tensions get over it you're an adult you're exactly. playing you're playing in the nhl a professional league right and he's doing it against players that potentially could take his role so yeah. i mean you know jace howard like he would possibly take mott's role or beagle's role or russell's role so um it, it was kind of sad to see because i that is someone i was i was excited about and um, just to kind of see what he'd bring a new player in uh, apparently um, Benny was kind of excited to get him uh, I know Ajay mentioned that a couple episodes ago but yeah I'm actually very happy that Godet dropped the mitts and just let him know that that's not going to fly and, and we're going to stick up for ourselves it kind of reminds me of when the Blues they had a big fight just like this right before their season and then they won they the cup the <laughs> <laughs> calm down calm down so, so we know what's next we know what's next yeah so you know I'm just waiting for the cup now you know I don't, yeah. I don't have to I don't have to hope i know what's gonna happen just like all canucks say this is the year right? but uh yeah so that's the forward group and uh, we'll see kind of how things play out i am very excited about hoglander i'm very excited about besser and Bo, right? just to see how <laughs> where things go with that hopefully mock can calm down and kind of stop slew footing his own teammates but we got some new additions on the back end and the biggest name right now that we got is schmidt and it seems like schmidt is being paired up with edler this is something that i thought could happen but i wasn't really expecting it right away i know we don't have much time to test out the line but we'll start with you, Ajay. What are your thoughts with Schmidt being paired up with Edler? I'm totally fine with it. But before I get into him playing with Edler, I just love him as a player. Just kind of seeing him, like, yeah. in terms of how he, like, talks and communicates. And I kind of saw him when they had him mic'd up. Like, this, dude's <laughs> hel- this dude's hilarious. And yeah. I never really knew much about him um, before he joined Canucks. But I I just love him. So I'm super excited to have him on our team. But with him pairing up with Edler, I, I like the pairing. Like, Steady Eddie, he's always been good for us. Really haven't had many issues. And I think pairing 
pairing him with Schmidt, I think, is a good matchup where Edler can kind of look at the more defensive role and Schmidt can kind of jump in on the play and kind of be a little bit more um, offensive in that sense. So I, I have no problem with the, with the pairing. I think it'll do well. I like them pairing him up with Edler as opposed to with Hughes because I feel like Hughes and Schmidt are kind of the same player. So I, I kind of like breaking them apart. And I think pairing him with Edler, you could even pair him, um, him up with like Hamnick too. I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I have no issues with the pairing. What about you, Joel? Yeah, I, you know, like you said, I love Nate Schmidt as a guy, as yeah. a player. He's well-respected around the league. He's got quite the personality on him. <laughs> uh, funny, funny guy. And yeah, you know, Edler, Edler's steady, kind of more that stay-at-home defenseman. Um, and Schmidt can, you know, really get the puck out of our own zone, uh, make that really, really good first breakout pass. He can skate it. Uh, he has, you know, a lot of different tools on his on his toolbox you know yeah i like it and and like you said aj you know you don't really want to see him with hughes as much but uh you know because they're kind of that same player but i, I wouldn't be shocked if uh you know Baumgartner and green uh put put hughes and schmidt or hughes and myers together you know for trailing the game yeah um and a then, special you know, situation yeah. yeah and then even put uh edler with like uh travis hamannick we need to you know shut it down or anything yeah. you know that's the thing these lines like they're a really good outline but they are going to change so quick and mm-hmm. so often within the game yeah. um, and it's something I'm really looking forward to actually because you know last year I didn't think that we had the, really as many options to do that um, and with the you know the additions of Schmidt and even Hamannick and uh, now Ulevi looking like he's you know getting the five or six spot here I really really like the decor and uh, I think it's I wouldn't say a major upgrade from last year but I think it definitely is an upgrade from last season. Uh, I would agree. Do you guys remember when the Canucks traded Patrick White to San Jose um, right before our, our, our run, uh, what was the guy's name again? He played with Edler. Erhoff? Yeah, Erhoff. There you go. He had like 50 points or something. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. remember that pairing. Erhoff could just go off literally and do whatever he wanted and Edler was able to make place a much simpler game and Edler had like 50 points that season too and yeah. just because of a secondary assist or primary assist and I feel like Schmidt kind of reminds me kind of of the situation I know there are different players but just like comparing him to the transitional game and, and the points that they'll get that is somewhat similar and I feel point. like I feel like Edler is able to kind of sit back and let Schmidt do what he does best and kind of just play an easier game otherwise Edler has always bombarded with so much responsibility you know yeah. I, I we know that this guy's back isn't the best he's had some back injuries in the past and i know that his health is always kind of up and down but the thing is he is our number one go-to guy and has been for a long time especially yeah. during the past dark years that we just had when he's paired up with schmidt now it's kind of a bit of a reward for him to play with someone so good i know the personalities are vastly different and there's much more quieter and schmidt's a lot, a lot louder i loved how schmidt was asking green if uh, the backscape was mandatory <laughs> right That's so um good. but that being said it just gives edler more options to play his style of game as an older more you know seasoned veteran and allow Schmidt to kind of be that you know younger more tenacious forward kind of player right and, and get those points you know I think I think with Edler too I mean the guy is the greatest Canucks defenseman you know uh, of yeah. all time yeah. in my opinion and I mean points will say you know all the records he holds whatnot yeah um, but with him aging he definitely has a sweet spot time wise of playing time yeah probably somewhere between you know 17 to 20 
minutes a night. You don't really want to get him up there more than that. Um, you know, yeah. risk of injury, risk of, you know, just the foot speed, you know, not necessarily the best player right now, you know, in his in his older years to to be having out there. But I think like you were saying, Harp, like playing in with with Schmidt might get we might see a younger Edler, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. No, we I agree. See kind of more like what he was, you know, in that twenty eleven run. You know, he's not he's probably not gonna put up fifty points, but yeah. you know, you know, somewhere between twenty five and thirty mm-hmm. it would be perfect for Edler mm-hmm. if we could get that uh, output from him. So oh yeah. And speaking of um management of time, especially with our players, someone that will probably eat up a lot of time is a player that was supposed to actually practice today for the first time with the team, and that was gonna be Hamanick, right? On his PTO. Today was supposed to be his first practice. Obviously, the practice got canceled because of an abundance of caution. Right? Mm-hmm. But that being said, Hughes has been paired up with Ben, and that's been a kind of an interesting pair, right? Uh, I can understand why they're doing that, but the rumor is that Hamanick is a person that's supposed to uh, switch out with Ben, and Ben is supposed to be a bit of that extra um, defenseman in the mix. What do you guys think about the Hughes and Hamanick pairing? Um, yeah, I can go first on this one. I like it. I think we kind of saw a bit of a test run with this one. We saw Hughes paired up with Luke Shen, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, well, good point. I think, I think Luke Shen and Hamanick are kind of similar players where they're kind of like a rough and tough type of player, you know, not really known to put in goals, but just kind of play a strong defensive game. And I thought Hughes paired up with Shen really well. Um, mm-hmm. It was a very good compliment to Hughes' game. So I think we'll see a lot more of that with Hamanick. I think Hamanick definitely has a little bit more upside than what Luke Shen brought. So I think that pairing is going to be good for us. I think they'll be solid. They'll be good at their own end. And with Hughes' playmaking ability, I think they'll be great on the offensive as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you know, Hamanick's kind of that thrift store Luke Shen, Chris Tanner kind of <laughs> stay at home defenseman. I wouldn't say he's, you know, as good as Chris Tanev was yeah, last no. year. Yeah. But you know he'll eat minutes. He'll he'll block shots. He'll you know be tenacious on the puck, like you know, like we we're saying. And uh, yeah, he 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 plays a bigger style game. I'm not sure how big he actually is, you know, tall or, or pounds wise. But he plays a heavy game, uh, which is super good. And uh, yeah, I think he can uh, serve Hughes well and uh, allow Hughes to do his magic. I mean, the guy's obviously a beast. So uh, if he can we can do that, yeah, that then we'll be we'll be in good good spot there. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, one area. That- that I would say Hamannik is definitely better at Tanavis in it would be his shot. Um, so right-handed shot, and he does have a bit of a bomb of a shot. He is 6'2, 205 pounds, right? So he's a big boy. He's a big um, boy. Yeah, so he is still relatively young. Um, he's about just turned 30, I guess. And yeah. uh, you know, he has over 637 games, he has 637 goals, uh, 151 points. You know, his points aren't bad, right? Obviously, he is more meant for that defensive kind of power, rough and tumble game, as you're kind of saying. But that being said, yeah. Yeah, like I can definitely see how pairing him up with Hughes and making sure that Hughes and Schmidt are separate really does kind of spreads out the offense, right? And, and it allows someone to, to kind of stay back and be more responsible on the back end. Hamannick definitely brings that, um, especially I, I'd say he would bring that more than Ben, especially. I feel like Ben didn't really bring the hits last year that we kind of expected him to. Yeah. Um, but with Hamannick, he you know, that's just the style of player that he is. We've seen that many times with him in the past where he just hits hard. You know, he might get injured himself in the mix, but um, he doesn't let up, right? So yeah. I I am excited about that. Hughes looks ready to go. A, yeah. lot, a few people were worried about, you know, the second year kind of blues. It's always hard the second year because people kind of have a book on you. But Hughes, he looks ready to go Um, during the scrimmage. He was flying out there, you know. And just like that two, three foot area right at the blue line in the offensive zone, he just owns that. The way he walks that line, it's just so good. You know, you see very few players being able to do that. And I'm so excited to see him in, in the regular season just bring that again. Yeah, the guy, the guy's a beast. Um, I wanted to just touch on a quick point here, Harp, on 
Jamie Ben or not Jamie Ben. Jeez, if we had Jamie Ben, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Uh, on, on Jordy Ben, there, I think the guy actually had a. I don't think he had a great season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he obviously didn't, you know, do what everybody really expected him to do. Um, and I think that was largely in part that he kind of got overshadowed by Oscar Fantenberg, who's oh. obviously no longer with the team. Yeah. Um, Fantenberg had really pretty pretty decent chemistry with Tyler Myers there um, when he was playing, or or if he was playing with uh, Stetcher. And I think Ben kind of just got overshadowed um and and he wasn't really even put in a position to succeed yeah yeah um with that being said i think he's he's a perfect you know seventh seventh d coming oh, yeah. he can he can play anywhere uh you can play the right side uh so i think yeah you know the versatility of his game the steady stay-at-home defenseman big big boy obviously nice nice beard big beard, Love the beard. <laughs> um yeah he's he's gonna be really nice uh seventh d there in the press box so oh yeah expensive seventh d but nice one for sure yeah well that's the thing with the Canucks comes down to the expenses always, right? Yeah. <laughs> Our five six spot. Uh, one player that I'm really excited about, and one player that gets a lot of flack um, for six million dollars in a year, um, or five point nine. Oh no, it's six. I think is Myers and Ulevi. I did not see Ulevi being paired up with Myers, but I don't hate it. You know, I think that's a pretty cool, uh, you know, combo. I think they'll bring a lot of offensive kind of outlet passes and, and a lot of chances. What are your guys kind of thoughts of that pairing? I like it. I've like, and I know I'm kind of in the minority here but i like myers um i like what he brings to this team it's a different element we just kind of don't have that type of player granted he does take a lot of stupid penalties i will not dispute <laughs> that point especially uh, afterwards like every two Lewis. minutes yeah he oh, was geez. off for another penalty um but him paired up with ulevi yeah, i like that pairing i think ulevi will need to kind of have a little bit of sheltered minutes when he gets going in the regular season unfortunately like um joel said like there's not a lot of like room to grow and like allow people or players to kind of grow into the roles so because there's only so many games and so many points with this Canadian division and with only 56 games so it's, it's not a lot of time for Ulevi to kind of find this game and I think paired up with Myers um, they'll definitely have less minutes than the top four um, which will be good especially for Myers yeah. um, so I don't know I don't really have any issues with this pairing um, I think Ulevi I think he'll get his I think he'll catch his stride I think kind of midway uh, through the season and I think he'll be a defenseman that I think most Canucks fans will be happy with by the end of the season yeah like you said you know Myers is Myers he is what it is you know his contract the year is the classic Jim Benning um, yeah, but he does he does, <laughs> he does bring you know uh, you know a certain style to the Canucks you know puck moving uh, his shot you know he's got a bomb obviously yeah. uh, he's a big boy his gap control uh, is pretty decent uh, you know he's got a long stick long reach but I'm really excited to see Ole Levy play uh, you know he he's been a prospect who you know drafted fifth overall 2016 Canucks fans you know were like so pissed oh we didn't get uh Matthew Kachuk you know he's taken one spot after like how could you how could you um and I think when when we drafted him he had a more of an offensive upside to his game and Canucks fans were saying oh you know power play one he's gonna be the new Edler he's gonna be so good for us you know Sammy Sallow kind of guy I was saying that <laughs> yeah yes and, and you, me too man like, yeah. me too I, that's what I really truly thought but yeah. you know as he's gone through so many injuries and the guys had some pretty bad luck with injuries yeah and yeah as he's gone through that i think he's he's adapted his game and he's worked on his game to you know be more that steady uh stay-at-home defenseman 
and he looks big out there. Mm-hmm. Watching the scrimmages, you know, he's uh, he looked big and and he looked strong on the puck and strong on his stick. Um, and again, his gap control, he had a he had a really really nice takeaways. Um, I think one in particular that stood out to me from from last night's scrimmage was against um, oh who was it? JT Miller, uh, and mm-hmm. he took it away. You know, Miller was coming down the right wing, and he and he kind of stuffed him, and and he and, and he made a really good few recoveries too, where he was kind of caught out of position. But he has the hockey IQ, you know, unlike Jake Vertanen. And uh, he <laughs> yeah. he has that hockey IQ, and he's always been a smart player. Uh, the guy just got unlucky with you know injuries and stuff. So I'm really really looking forward to seeing what he can bring, and you know maybe being like a dark horse kind of kind of scenario here for the Canucks. You know he's not going to be obviously groundbreaking. He's not going to do what Hughes did uh, in his rookie season, but uh, you know he's going to be steady. Um, and I'm I'm really excited. I agree. You, you guys both bring up really good points, um, especially when you're talking about his hockey IQ. He is someone that seems very smart out there right even during the scrimmage um especially the one that was only on radio he did take uh two on one away i think it was him and uh, i think it was miller and Pedersen coming down right and he was able to um take the puck away and make really smart outlet passes get the puck out of trouble quickly it's kind of i, I see why he would be paired in myers because i know myers is someone that kind of gets flack regarding his hockey iq <laughs> and getting stuck in his own zone and you know kind of fumbling the puck when pressure kind of gets applied on him and he's not in stride when he's in stride i think myers is great right and, and i do agree with Ajay, I do like him more than most, but Ulevi is so smart. I feel like he would be able to kind of read Myers's play and kind of cover for him when needed. He is a big boy. He's 182 pounds. He's six foot two. That was the last measurement that they did. I think he's a little bit bigger now. Yeah, um, this year, bigger. yeah, he definitely looks bigger this year. Just with his outlet and transition game on the left side, he is such a such a good defenseman. I think is he a right right defenseman or a left defenseman? He shoots, he shoots left. left. He shoots left. Yeah. Uh, just to see, just kind of have someone with those smarts as our number five and six spot and it seems like green does want him there right i don't know if it's pressure from benning or not but one thing that green mentioned in recent interviews is that he wants to put young players in a position to succeed and it makes sense why vertan is on the third line rather than the second line right because yeah. hoglander is definitely not going to succeed in a crash and tumble kind of role he needs to be in a high skilled offensive role for him to succeed Vertanen has the ability to play that rough and tumble game you being the number fifth and sixth guy the pressure isn't on him to eat like those crazy minutes as you're saying Joel but I think being paired with Myers he will be able to get the points and he will be able to show some positives and I can see him getting like maybe 10-12 minutes a game and to be honest mm-hmm. Stetcher was kind of similar Stetcher at times was getting no more than like 12-13 minutes a game that being said I am very excited about him I am very excited about what he's going to bring is he going to be a Calder candidate I don't think so right but you never know right <laughs> um, row, yeah row. but um, <laughs> according to what I'm what I'm seeing online a lot of people are very excited and, and a lot of the reporters said great things about him regarding his foot speed, how it seems to be better than the beginning of camp last year and um, his just ability to uh, keep up with the play and his ability to set the tone. We'll see how things go, but I'm very excited, excited about him as well. He was kind of someone that I thought might be kind of on the taxi squad, might be subbing in and out some games, but it seems like so far right now on the taxi squad, we have Rafferty, Chatfield, Rathbone, and then Ben when Hamnick comes in. What are you guys kind of thoughts on the defensive uh, bus that we have going right now? Yeah, for me, um, I thought Rafferty was actually going to challenge Levy for that spot. Um, mm. He had a couple of really good practices, of, kind of like you, Harp. I thought Rafferty might have taken Levy's spot and to at least start the season, Levy would have been on the taxi squad. Um, but it sounded like, and I haven't watched this, so I'll take your guys' word for it, but it sounded like Rafferty, he didn't have the best um, scrimmage yeah. compared to Levy. He just looked just a tad out of place. So yeah, 
like the taxi squad, while I think the biggest issue with the Canucks this season is going to be their depth. I'm looking at the taxi squad and you can kind of see like we don't have a lot of depth, whether it's topics or top four defensemen or whatever. If someone gets hurt, like I think we're kind of screwed. So the taxi squad is what it is. I think Raph might be able to give us some solid minutes. Chatfield and Rathbone, I still think they're a little bit of away from kind of really making an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no issues with them. I mean, like, they are what they are. I think Ben will probably get the most minutes out of that tactic squad, though. Re- like, realistically, I don't think the other three will be getting a lot of time. Yeah, I think Rafferty and Rathbone and Chadfield specifically, they, you know, Jim Benning thinks really highly of these defensemen uh, and rightfully so. You know, they got upside, uh, especially Rathbone and Rafferty. Yeah. Um, you know, they're pretty young and I mean, Rafferty had a great year in the in the A last year the AHL there but I think you know the Hamannick signing was super smart or I guess yeah. PTO they haven't really signed him yet but wait, if they wait, can get they him have. <laughs> yeah 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 they have they kind of have but you know not officially obviously yeah. but uh, yeah. you know he's gonna be he's gonna be steady there and I think you know they it's better that we don't have two three you know two or three rookies on the mm-hmm. you know, on the decor because you know that really wouldn't look good it wouldn't be a good look for the Canucks um so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to to that uh taxi squad but yeah you're right it, it looks a little weak even the forward group um is is not looking necessarily great but i wanted to mention actually uh somebody who's probably gonna be on the taxi squad or either buried in the ahl we'll see is uh sven berti yeah. um you know i feel for this guy man he had you know concussion issues yeah i mean it seems like recently he's been you know a tough guy to work with um i've heard rumors of that obviously but yeah he you know what happened to the guy you know he was a steady top six player for the canucks playing with Bo uh for a couple of years there and he just you know injuries fell off but yeah he's somebody that i'd like to see on the taxi squad um mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys even remember this but he even came in last year for a couple games and i think he had like two power play points or something yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> uh two assists on the power play yeah um yeah. So he's somebody that you know is is pretty good depth there so uh, he's like one player i'm, I'm kind of you know hoping can get some time but also not because if he does that means somebody <laughs> somebody's injured so yeah we'll see what happens yeah no you make uh you bring up a good point um just kind of going back to the Rafferty and Chatfield situation for a bit. Just with their age, I think Rafferty is close to like 26 now too. So he is kind of hitting that age where you kind of want him either to make it or maybe get some potential, you know, something out of him, right? He is insurance. You know, you can always bring him up. Um, If someone gets injured, he is kind of reliable to bring up. Chatfield, yeah, I mean, I just don't think he's made the strides that we kind of want him to. I know, I think how Ajay said, Benny is very high on these guys. But when it comes to Rathbone, he does seem a little out of place um rathbone i think is someone that just isn't ready to take that step he's close he's played he yeah. you know we know he can block shots for made that evident right <laughs> he, he he knows how to dangle um that scrimmage that was on tv he did a great job of getting the puck to the net shooting right he does generate offense but he is a little young still and it seems like he still needs more seasoning in the a but going off of uh, what you're saying joel when it comes to um, birchie yeah, you make a really good point i do feel for the guy too um it seems like he has had a lot of issues with his personality and just kind of with his demands and people not really liking him and getting along with him especially management but at the same time yeah when it comes to concussions you know he's got a young family he, he's definitely seen some hardships and you are kind of rooting for the guy i wish he was on the team because we are paying him what like three million i think right yeah close to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it would be awesome to see him on in the line right like i could see him even if we throw him on the fourth line like over beagle or something right? i'm not saying he would be effective in that 
role, but I feel like he would bring some points. In the second line, to be honest, if you had to have, if you ask me honestly, whether it's Pearson or, or, or Berchi, who would be better? I'm not really sure who to pick, you know? I, w- I would say um, Pearson just because of what's happened recently. But, okay, you know, let's just go Let's just go there right now. Hypothetically, um, say, say going off what you're saying, Joel, like with Berchi and, and, you know, we have Pearson now in the second line. If we had to pick between those two, who would you pick right now? Really tough question, actually. That's the thing. I, I'd still pick Tanner Pearson, mm-hmm. uh, mostly just because of his chemistry with Bo. Yeah. Um, those two click, you know, they're off ice chemistry. They're on ice chemistry is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he complements Bo's game really well. He, he's a big body. Um, and I think that's actually the difference between him and Berchi is the size really and you know Berchi has had chemistry with Bo in the past too Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just I I just don't see him being a fit there yeah but you know he is somebody that I would like to see slotted in if there are injuries to the top six yeah um, because I think he can be effective in that role a great playmaker Uh, he can he can set up goals he's a really good passer I remember uh, Besser's rookie rookie year um goal against Matt Murray he kicked the puck to Besser is a really really nice uh, kick pass there you know he's got he's got the IQ yeah he's got the skill yeah I don't I don't think he's he's gonna crack the roster so I don't think so I'd pick I'd pick Tanner Pearson there how about you OJ for me it's definitely Pearson but I think where I see him in terms of where he slots into the top six I think if Hogland or how we were talking about if he starts to kind of drift off a little bit I think instead of Louie coming into the top six I could see Swen I think that makes a lot more sense I think you have that chemistry with Bo and you don't like you don't have that drop off with Louis's lack of speed because I think like Berchi can still kind of bring it in terms of keeping up with Bo and Pearson so I think if we do see him in the top six I think it'll be in for Hoglander just to kind of give him a rest if um, assuming you know he needs it and you know we see his play dip a bit but yeah I do think he'll start on a tactical squad I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him in the lineup at some point oh yeah no I would agree especially looking at our forward depth right now he's he's uh, up there right we don't really have many options so um, especially with a cap I'm not really sure how many people we can have in the mix um true. so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens and go from there but season is hopefully only three days away starts on wednesday if covid doesn't derail our plans and you know hopefully Bertanen or someone else didn't get everyone sick right? you, you know I'm, I'm really excited for the first game i think the first two games are against edmonton back to back and then we'll kind of see what happens but i feel like canucks have a really good chance of being uh, one of the perennial you know playoff teams in the north division uh we'll just kind of end off with this segment joel what are your kind of thoughts on the Canucks chances in the North Division? Yeah, I, I like them. You know, I'm I, I, I'm really excited to, to watch the North Division, uh, the Canadian or what's it what's it called now? The North Scotiabank Division. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't forget that sponsor there. Yeah, you can't can't forget to drop yeah. a sponsor there. But no, I, I'm really looking forward to watching watching everybody play. Um, and you know, I think we're gonna get to see uh, more Leafs games, more Oilers games. I, I love when the Canucks play the Leafs. I, I really do. And I think we get nine of them this year yeah. that's um, awesome I'm really excited to see that but yeah i think i think they have a chance of you know what do we have to do uh make the top four that's top all. four yeah and i think it's really doable but uh i'm scared to play winnipeg you know we can never beat those guys we have to play them <laughs> a lot as well and we haven't beat them since like 2014 or yeah. something like that so uh i'm nervous i'm optimistic uh and i'm excited so for you, um, who are your top four teams that make it out of the North Division? Really good question. Uh, I think I think we're gonna see the Leafs one. I think okay. So I think you see the Leafs as high as one. Yeah. Um, I think you see them as low as three. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think second. 
I'm going to put uh, Calgary. Actually, I think they got a pretty good team this year. And I think Marky can uh, rip all the Canucks gone to Calgary. <laughs> so they, they, the Calgary Canucks. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have a pretty good season uh, with Marky between the pipes there. Um, and I think they'll be two. I could also see them missing. Uh, I, I have the Canucks slotted in at three, um, coming in third. And actually four, I see... Uh, Montreal yeah. coming yeah. in. Yeah. And uh, obviously then Ottawa, uh, Winnipeg, and uh, Edmonton. I think Edmonton would uh, just miss out. Um, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I really don't like their depth. And it's something I don't like. I mean, I don't really love the Canucks depth either. Yeah. Um, but I think we have a better top nine. Uh, they might have a better McDavid and Dreisaitl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, top two. <laughs> clear, yeah. The, clearly the two best players in the division. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, even our depth is, is still better um and i like our goaltending a lot better um with holby and temko they look really poised to have a good season um and i like our defense a lot better i'm not a big fan of tyson berry um i know they got him and and oilers fans are pretty excited to see what he can do not a huge fan of his game um i was really happy the canucks didn't get him Um, i feel like their problem sorry go I feel like their problem wasn't offense though, right? Like, like they got all these players. That, like, Barry definitely helps out on the offensive end. I know yeah, that true. they had an issue with transitioning, especially in the D. But their defense was just so brittle. It was so easy to break into their zone and set something up, right? Yeah. When they got Tyson Barry, I'm like, okay, cool. But that doesn't really solve anything for you guys, right? And their goaltending is pretty much the same. Not much has changed, no, you know? No. So, yeah, no, you make a good point. And and especially Clef-Bomb. with Clef-Bomb's exactly, too. Exactly. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. I think with him being up for the entire season, definitely hurt them really hurts yeah because i mean he's arguably their number one d man i mean darnell nurse you could say you know has yeah. better two-way game maybe but clef bomb's really really good yeah um, and he's going to be a major loss for them especially like you said harp like they, that's where they're lacking is defense yeah um and yeah why well, I, I think they're gonna miss i am excited to see cassian and kachako at it but yeah guys thanks so much for being today joel thank you for being our first guest yes, and thank coming you today man and, uh, i'll get you one of these lava shirts sent to you very soon and yeah thanks guys well hopefully we can do this again soon yeah thanks guys it's a pleasure to be on here and here are the winners for the Loudmouth t-shirt giveaway that we had going. We asked on Twitter and Instagram if the Canucks got better this year and why. We picked four winners out of 35 different responses. And the first one was from Mikesh Yoshi. He responded on Instagram and said that on paper, they have regressed, but also another year of their core being stronger. I expect a breakout season. I would say that he does make a really fair point. Um, yeah. I think on paper, yeah, we lost Tanev, we lost Stetcher, we lost to Foley. Um, to Foley, especially to Foley. And we lost Marky, right? Um, yeah. So on paper, definitely. But I feel like um, a lot of the players that we did bring in aren't getting that attention. And I feel like he makes a really good point about our core getting stronger, getting better. And Besser definitely looks in shape. Pedersen looks stronger and better. We just added Hoglander into the mix. Horvat looks um, ready to go as well. Yeah, exactly. Plus Hughes as well. Like We don't know what he'll be bringing in with like another season under his belt. So um, yeah, I know I liked his comment. Absolutely. And then um, another one that won, um, this is from hockey sw this person says better love the additions not overly concerned with the defensive subtractions especially with guys coming up the kids are a year more experienced and developed plus playoff experience last season goaltending will tilt the scale if they can win the division that's a great point you know with the de- with the goaltending with losing markstrom um the goaltending is a massive question mark we don't know what we'll get with Holpi demko while he had a great playoff run against vegas um we don't know how he'll be now that he's basically a 1a or 1b right so 
I totally understand where Hockey SW is coming from, and that's a very fair point. Very good. We got Felicis LOL, and he said, with the likely addition of Hoglander and Schmidt, the offensive ceiling has definitely gone up. With Ulevi and Hamannik, defensively, they should be at least on par with last season, if not better. However, goaltending is the biggest question mark. If they are average, this team is better. And I absolutely agree. I think our defensive offensive abilities has gotten much better. I feel like our drop-off won't be noticeable at all. And I don't think there will be much of a drop-off, to be honest. And I think he makes up a good point. We lost Markey, and now we have Demko taking the reins, and we have Holpe to kind of help him splitting up the season a bit. I feel like Holpe and Demko will do good, um, but it is a big question mark. You know, they they are new to the system. We don't know how well they're going to do. Agreed. And then the final winner um, from Ruby, uh, she said that I think that the team is looking better for this year. The core four game playoff experience, which I totally agree with. Um, and so they know what to expect for this season and defensemen are looking promising. And going off and acquiring Hoglander, I think he'll do well in replacing Toffoli. I think this is the biggest question. I think people think that Hoglander uh, will be able to replace um, Toffoli in the minutes and the points that he'll be able to um, produce. So I definitely like this comment. Um, I think that the core four, the, with the playoff experience that, they, that they've gained and the, just that additional year that um, they have under, and I think this is a common point that a lot of people have made i think the young core that we have i think they'll do really well in terms of um, being able to build on what they've done previously absolutely and congratulations again to our winners we had so many entries but these were the four that we chose and we thought they were the best ones and look out for more contests and giveaways throughout the season as well so definitely love doing that awesome thank you that wraps up episode five for not another next podcast thank you joel for joining us with your great insight we hope everyone out there is staying safe and like always enjoy the music Thank you.